Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment. We are super excited to have him back with us, Tony Ortega. He is a blogger, and his beat is Scientology. And I have to tell you, I was over at the underground bunker uh, blog today reading some of the articles and we had booked Tony uh, to be with us uh, a few weeks ago so I, I didn't really know that we were going to have this opportunity to talk about coronavirus and Scientology um, but we are going to have that opportunity tonight and I was at his website uh, today his blog which you can find by going to TonyOrtega.org, TonyOrtega.org. Uh, if you go to his site, you will see uh, all of his articles. He does an article every single day on the topic of Scientology. And uh, there's several of them here uh, in the last few days about what the Scientologists are doing with regards to coronavirus which is um, really fascinating. You know, just like so many churches are doing the live stream to uh, show you, uh, you know, to give, to provide the service and, and the music and the preaching and all of that. They're doing the same thing with Scientology, but they have some very weird views when it comes to um, sicknesses and illness. Um, they, they don't believe really in illnesses and it's really something that's happening inside of you. So in other words, if you had the right mental perspective on things and were practicing Scientology the way that you should, you would not ever be sick. That's kind of the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, gist of it. So it, it is interesting to see Scientology, how they're reacting to all of this. The one positive thing, though, that uh, Tony mentions uh, in uh, one of his articles is that this gives people a chance to kind of have an insight as to some of the goofy rituals and practices that the Scientology people have, because generally you don't get to see that as a member of the public unless you, you know, get in, involved with Scientology. And once they suck you in, it's hard to get out of there. But um, now that they're doing a lot of these meetings live with live streaming, it gives the public more of an opportunity to be able to see exactly what's going on and to, um, you know, maybe give them a chance to, uh, with that insight, <laughs> avoid getting involved with Scientology altogether. But I have to tell you, I have been uh, fascinated with Scientology now uh, for years. I mean, obviously, the um, the Leia Remini show is 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 one that hooked me. But I was interested in Scientology even before that. My producer tells me we've got Tony Ortega with us. Tony Ortega is with us in his website again. It's TonyOrtega.org. Good to have you with us, Tony. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I was, 
you're not going to believe it, but I was deep into an L. Ron Hubbard document <laughs> from the 1950s, and I lost track of the time. I apologize. No worries. I, I actually do believe it because it's you. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Even, any, on a Sunday, even on a Sunday night, I'm that's hard. right. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I was I, I kind of set this up a little bit. You didn't hear this, but I was fascinated when I went to your blog to see some of your recent articles talking about what's going on with Scientology and coronavirus, because in in, you know, we booked you a few weeks ago. So I really didn't realize we were going to have sort of this nexus of like COVID-19 uh, coronavirus and Scientology. And, and it's really fascinating because uh, let's start by tell us what do Scientologists believe about illnesses? Because I had always heard they don't really believe people get sick from like external forces. So like the idea of a virus, does they don't really believe in that. It's like if you internally are manifesting all the right things and following Scientology, you don't get sick. Is, isn't that what they think? Well, yeah, and and there's, it's been interesting uh, watching this. Uh, You're right; it's just been one story after another for weeks now. And in some ways, how Scientology has reacted to the pandemic is very predictable. And we'll talk about what you just asked about what their ideas about illness are, because that's where a lot of this is coming from. But they have also reacted in some ways that surprised me. And I think it's because a number of different things are going on with them that make this a real crisis in ways that, that you and I are not going through. I mean, we're all, you know, dealing with this in our ways, uh, you know, being locked down and stuff, but they have some special problems because of this. We can talk about that too, but to get to your question, as far as their thoughts on illness, this goes, this is the bedrock basis of Dianetics and Scientology. When, when L. Ron Hubbard first came out with his book in, in May 9th, 1950, we're coming up on the 70th anniversary, um, the title of it was Dianetics, The Modern Science of Mental Health. And in it, Hubbard boldly claimed that 77% of all illnesses were psychosomatic in nature. And if you could just figure out what was going on with the human mind, you could heal virtually all illnesses. And he, he said 77 because he was kind of hedging things. But within a year or two, he was basically saying that everything was psychosomatic, including cancer. And if you, if you just followed his processes, you could solve these problems. And what he was saying was that any ailment, any illness – was not the result of bacteria or viruses or, or, or genetics or anything like that. It was merely a problem with the mind not communicating correctly with that part of the body that was ill. So they, they really don't. And, and so to, you know, to this day, if somebody in Scientology gets sick, if a Sea Org member gets a, you know, strep throat, whatever, they automatically assume that there's something going on with their Satan, their spirit, their, their, their soul, and it's not physical. So I've talked to countless Scientologists about how when they would get a cold, they would be, they would be assigned to sit down and write an essay about who 
was making them PTS. This is a this is a bedrock concept in Scientology. PTS means potential trouble source. What they mean is that the reason you're sick is that you are associating with somebody who is a threat to Scientology. PTS, a potential trouble source. Hmm. And you need to figure out who it is that is making you PTS to the church. That's the only reason why you would be sick. So this is this is just one of the most basic concepts of Scientology is that all illnesses are really come from whole, you know being being a being an obstacle to Scientology. So this thing, uh, if you remember, I think the first case here in New York was May, I mean March second, I think. And we were starting to get concerned about. Actually, I'd been kind of paying attention to what was going on over in Asia for quite a while. But that next week was when things were starting to get kind of dicey. And I remember looking at the calendar and thinking, you know, this is getting interesting because the holiest day in the Scientology calendar is March 13th. That's L. Ron Hubbard's birthday. And what they do every year is they have this big celebration in Clearwater, Florida. And every Scientologist with the means is supposed to fly in down there for this to this uh, event, which is held at Ruth Eckert Hall in Clearwater. It holds about 2,100 people. And I was looking for evidence about, you know, because that, as that week went on, as you remember, that was the week when Tom Hanks, we found out Tom Hanks had uh, coronavirus. We found out that the NBA was shutting down. And, you, know, you know, it was suddenly becoming very real. And I remember thinking, well, are they really going to have this thing? And at first, I thought they were going to, but then a couple days later, I got evidence that they had canceled. And I just was, I, I was stunned. I, I, you know, I mean, this is the biggest thing they do all year. You were stunned so also because started, this was almost like a public admission that one of their bedrock core beliefs they 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 don't believe it because if they believe that there well, would be no reason to yeah. cancel this other than uh, sort of the public perception of it and maybe that's what they would blame it on like right. we don't want to look like we're and, you know going against yes. what the social distancing is and all of that so we're just doing it to sort of be good citizens and the appearances and all that well you're you're striking there on something that is really important here with Scientology and this is what I, I've been describing it as a schizophrenic rep- uh, response. Because, yes, um, you know, there, there are some religious organizations that are speaking out against, uh, you know, the, what the health officials are telling us to do. And, you know, they're getting, you know, a lot of bad press and, and they're very defiant about it. Well, but see, Scientology craves mainstream success. They don't want to be seen as sort of this outlier that is defying, you know, what, what the public wants to do about this. So so they're kind of stuck because on the one hand, they, you know, Hubbard always told them that this stuff was just all in your head. But then on the other hand, they want they don't want to be seen as kind of this freak show that's like but and I had seen various Scientologists online leading up to that day pushing these theories about it all being a hoax and, you know, there's you know, or a bioweapon or whatever. So I did hear that they they had canceled, and then I was very curious about that. And I start then I started to hear that Scientologists were being asked to come down to the orbs, which was 
you know, sketchy in itself. I mean, if you're going to cancel the event, you've recognized that there's a problem. Why are you having people physically come down to their local church? I mean, that's, that's not smart, but, but the, apparently they had some document they wanted everyone to see in person only. I mean, I saw various notes from people <laughs> saying, you will not be emailed. You will not be emailed the statement. You need to come down. And it became quickly obvious that it was a statement that David Miscavige himself had written. And so I really wanted to get my hands on this document, and I was checking with all my sources, and nobody had it. And then one day, uh, I managed to find somebody that had gotten a copy, and I got it. I, and it was, it's a remarkable document. He is so furious. You can tell. This is, I mean, I've been, you know, reporting on this subject for 25 years now, and I've rarely seen a document like this from David Miscavige. He is livid that he had to cancel this thing and that he's, he sneers at this hysteria over the virus. And, but he, he then lays out their priorities. And number one is protect the org in all capital letters. So, uh, you're right. The question then becomes, well, how do they sort of pay attention to Hubbard's vision that that viruses and bacteria don't even exist, and yet you hit on it there that they also care about the public image, and that's why I say it's been kind of a schizophrenic schizophrenic approach, because two things happened initially. It's changed since then over the last few weeks, but two the first two things they did on the publicity side. Was and by this time now we're talking like March twentieth or so. By this time, how how we already been hearing for weeks about washing our hands, keeping distance from other people, right? All of a sudden, Scientology puts together this pamphlet with this basic advice about washing hands and, <laughs> and keeping social distance, and they start. Of course, they any time they do something like this, they produce them by the million. And every org around the planet is now handing these things out like Scientology's on the scene. Scientology's got the answer, even though, like I said, we've all been hearing this. So they so they went from so they went from like we're just dismissing this as a hoax. They went from that extreme, which 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 really what they're saying is wink, wink. Let's just pretend that we don't think it's a hoax and and go along with it. But then they've embraced it to where they're they're handing out pamphlets on hand washing and social distancing. And then some of the still shots on your blog uh, over at Tony People can go see this where they're like actually like in like uh, hazmat suits and stuff with trying to do like uh, like public public relations videos trying to warn people about this. So they've like totally embraced this as like a PR opportunity for the church. Is that right? Well, they, well, that was, like I said, there were, it, it was schizophrenic because on the one hand there was this pamphlet made and they put it on their website and they started making a big deal about, Hey, Hey, we're here to help. We're, we are part of the solution. But at the same time, privately, to Scientologists in, in emails and flyers that I end up always getting copies of, they were telling them, come down and start courses. This is the best time to be at the org. So, and this, again, I was, I, this was initially, this was the first couple of weeks. So it was completely, uh, you know, they were being completely opposite to what they were. So publicly they wanted to be seen as part of the health, public health solution. At the same time, they were asking their members to come down to the org to take courses. They're, thereby, Threatening their health, right? 
So that went on for about a week. And then I think reality set in and they did start closing the, the orgs around the world. And, and they um, asked the public, uh, the, the non-staff, they call them public, non-staff Scientologists, stay home. But when you're at home, take an extension course. <laughs> and which is, which is, which is, ne- which has never been a big part of Scientology, but now all of a sudden they want everybody on these extension courses and they want them to send in pictures of themselves reading L. Ron Hubbard books. <laughs> so those, those are the, so that's, that's what's going on at the, at the regular orgs. However, what we were, I think a lot of us were most concerned about right off the bat was what about the workers, the Sea Org workers who live, you know, eight people in a two bedroom apartment who are just crammed together and they get bussed around at these bases in Los Angeles and Clearwater, Florida. Um, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, they are still open. They are keeping those facilities open and they still are serving wealthy Scientologists. I got evidence that a guy from LA just flew to Florida this past week. To do to start course these expensive this is these are the courses that cost you up to like eight hundred dollars an hour for counseling. They can't shut these down. This is like their life blood. And so they, you know, enough of us were raising this question. There's a, one interesting thing that's been gone, going on lately is that Mark Bunker, longtime critic of Scientology, won his uh, election to be uh, elected a city councilman in in Clearwater. And I asked him. I said, Are you going to find out who what agency is supposed to check on these guys and he did and in fact they sent the share uh, the local police chief over there this was a i don't know a couple weeks ago now and he actually toured the place i give him credit uh sheriff dan slaughter clearwater police department did tour a couple of their facilities and said no they're keeping distance in the buses and they're keeping distance in the facilities but he didn't get to see where they live you know, and, and I'm telling you that this is still an issue. I really think that there's a, a real potential for uh, a, a spread of the disease. Yeah, there. I mean, that could be there could um, be an outbreak. I mean, there was a cult in in South Korea that I mean, they weren't Scientology, right. but they said, well, we can't be sick. We don't yeah. believe in sicknesses. And then they had thousands of people exposed. And that was where a lot of uh, South Korea's uh, major crisis came from. Tell me about this bizarre video with this this um, child. It looks like a, a uh, like a, a doll. It's it's a bit it's a like a girl, yeah. maybe looks like a five year old girl, but it's it's a it's like a doll that they're using to demonstrate straight how to heal someone or something and it's in this video it, it looks just creepy to me <laughs> this picture yeah well they, oh, that was a great video to get they so um the other thing they're doing uh, two more things they're doing as part of their re- response so you know they put out this booklet and as you said you've seen the pictures they've gone out into the community to hand them out and then they came up with this idea that they've, they've got these really strong cleaning materials uh, uh, Decon 7 it's called, developed by the military and they're going to police stations and uh, big businesses and saying we will decontaminate your offices and stuff and you know and they just don't seem or maybe they just don't believe you know that the problem you can have you can have the most sterilized office possible and then your co-worker comes over and coughs on you 
you know, the, you know, the, the cleaning agents you use to clean the desks isn't going to do you any good at that point, right? Right. They just don't. Uh, they just don't seem to understand the concept of human to human transfer of this virus, and so they're, they're. We have pictures of them. They're going around with these cleaning agents, and they're not maintaining social distance. I mean, it, it's just this bizarre public relations uh, push that. I'm waiting for law enforcement to get a clue and say, hey, just stay home. We don't need your cleaning. <laughs> you know, right. you're not doing any good. That's, so that's going on. And then the other thing, getting to the video, the other thing, so they've got all these people at home, and they want them to take uh, extension courses. And a few days ago, all of a sudden, so when, it's, when something like this happens, you know David Miscavige himself must have put out the word. All of a sudden, orgs all around the world are suddenly putting out videos of their courses for free. They never have done this before. Scientology is always about buying a book, taking a course. They never tell the public what's in those stuff. And they want they want you in and, and having committed yourself before you get to see this stuff. Now, all of a sudden, they're putting it online in these really badly produced videos. <laughs> Um, and some of them are downright creepy. And so one of my readers pointed me to this one. This was, I think it was the Orlando org that put that one out. And yeah, we've seen these dummies, these dolls for a long time, years. Um, part of what Scientology is about is memorizing these routines about how to do auditing and, and assist and things. And it's very learned by rote. And, and so they, to help people learn these processes, they have these little creepy dolls. They're like life-size child dolls. And so you can practice, um, you know, there are various uh, like little lessons you go through Scientology where like you'll take somebody's hand and put it on something. And so they have a little doll that they can practice doing that kind of thing. It's, it's very creepy. It was like he was and hitting the doll on, on the, he was hitting the doll on, on the back or on her rear end or something during part of it. It was some procedure he was doing. It, it just looked really it, strange. It, and, but, but like you said, this might be a good thing because now they're doing all this live streaming and videos. People don't have to get sucked into the, you know, second or third level of this before they can see how goofy it really is. They can see it from their own home computers. I think it's great. I think it's great because people can see for themselves how strange. I mean, I've been telling people this for years, but it's great for people for themselves to be able to see how really bizarre Scientology is, and and just silly. I mean, the thing he was doing is called a touch assist. And so the scenario he was describing was this doll was a girl who had sprained her wrist. And and what, what and he says it right out, quoting Hubbard, that an illness is just a lack of communication um, to the part of the body that's injured. And so... The reason why you have this sprained wrist is because your brain is not communicating with it properly. And so he's going to show you how to, to reattach that communication by poking his finger in the girl in various places and asking you, do you feel my finger? Feel my finger. Feel my finger. And she says, yes, yes. It's so weird. And it's just, it's basically a form of faith healing, but they would never say that because Scientologists like to believe that what they're doing is science. Of course, it's not. It's just 
bizarre, strange, and, and it looks, and especially because he's using a little girl doll. And, and, he, and then so the one thing is called a touch assist where he just touches it with the finger and says, feel my finger. And then the other thing where he put her on her stomach and rubbed his hands on her back of her legs and stuff, that's called a, a, a nerve assist. It's, it's, and they're basically the same thing. Just, you're trying to flow energy into different parts of the body. But really what he's doing is he's, he's inappropriately touching a young girl. Yeah, that's and, what it looked like to me. Video. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, this is not good for your public uh, relations thing you're trying to do here. Not to mention that the, the doll itself looks a little bit creepy. The the doll they're using, like, I wouldn't want to, like, have that doll in my house and wake up in the middle of the night and, like, have that thing staring at me. Because it looks like something out of a horror movie like that with the eyeballs would start moving, you know, at, at two in the morning when you're out there trying to, you know, get a sandwich out of the refrigerator tell us about Whoopi goldberg there's a big thing here you've got about Whoopi goldberg re recommends scientology's drug rehab narconon on the view tell us about i didn't know she was into scientology i don't think she is i mean i've i've seen some things she may not be totally opposed to it but i don't i don't know that she is i what i found i found, i heard about it i got the video and uh what she was trying to do this was a Friday, I think, the last last week, um, not this past Friday, but anyway, she, they, you know, they were they were doing one of these shows where each of the hosts is at home because they can't be in the studio together, and and they were talking about various things, and then she interrupted it. Whoopi interrupt, interrupted it and said, "Listen, I want to say something that during this lockdown, there are people struggling with drugs and alcohol." She's exactly right. You know, this, you know, I'm good for her for 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 bringing it up. And then you can tell she's just sort of like extemporizing, which she shouldn't do. She should have some notes or something. And she starts saying that, listen, if you want a drink, call AA. And then she's sort of like, oh, and if you want drugs, call Narconon. And I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you recommending Scientology? You know? And there is, and I said in my story, I wish, you know, you know how people react only to the headline. They never read the story. I said in the story, she may have been, thinking of Narcotics Anonymous, which is a, legit, a legitimate organization, and just, you know, shortened it to Narconon, not realizing that that's the name of Scientology's quack rehab network. So um, I, I was hoping that on Monday she'd come back and say something about it, but she never did. So I, I'm assuming. It was yeah, who knows? It could have it could have been a mistake, but was, but, uh, but and, and I'm sure it's by it no accident. It's no it. accident that they probably named their you know uh, program similarly to the to the other program right. for that very thing to happen. So we haven't asked you uh, a lot. Uh, you know, because you haven't been with us in a few months, but I and I wanted to get an update from you on on Tom Cruise and and the whole Clearwater scene. Did that ever develop? Because I had heard everything from he was going to move there and live in this penthouse and sort of be a a, a presence there all throughout the week. Uh, he's just going to like be a guy that lives in Clearwater in that penthouse. And then there was some sort of entertainment zone that he was going to invest and in, sort of make it a a drawing card for younger people. People to want to come over there and enjoy some of the entertainment and buy up some more of the property there. What's the latest on uh, Tom Cruise and the Clearwater scene? I think his, you know, double penthouse uh, condo is still, you know, being finished. Um, 
he's the kind of guy I think he's rarely ever at home. You know, he I think right now he's filming something. He wasn't he filming something in Venice and then they had to get out of there because of the uh coronavirus. I heard yeah, whatever he was filming, filming had to be suspended because of the it might have been London, he was in London. Yeah. But he had to suspend his I filming. Think, I think he was in Italy and then they had to now he's in London or something. But um no, I mean that it's an incredible I was the first one to get the plans on that, that double condo. Uh, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's got the entire ninth and 10th floor of this condo building. And he also bought other floors for his family members. So his sisters are all moving into the building with him. Uh, so I, this, there's no question that this is from become their. Main so this is still of, developing, you know, but, but he hasn't, we, we don't like see him coming down, uh, you know, for breakfast every morning to one no. of the uh, street restaurants. And, and, and there was this talk too, of some sort of, a uh, acquisition of more real estate, more square footage to have a bigger footprint there and do something in terms of like a, an entertainment right. Mecca where they would draw in a lot of young people into that zone to try to uh, use it as bait to kind of, you know, promote Scientology. There was a, there, there was definitely, there was definitely property being bought. And I said something about that uh, about a year and a half ago. And I had just heard some things about property was being bought and, that that was one of the the rumors was that uh, people were being told, hey, it's going to be great because you know Miscavige has been fighting with the city about what to do with all that property down there, and I think he wanted people to think that you know abandon this. He, he was he was very upset with the city's vision, which included a parcel of land that he coveted, and so Miscavige was floating various proposals. And he was privately telling the city council members about this entertainment district. And I think he was telling people that that uh, Cruz was going to be part of it in some way. Then Tracy McManus, a reporter at the Tampa Bay Times, did this brilliant investigation where she went and really tracked down what was going on with these property purchases. And what had happened was Miscavige was so upset uh, that the city spurned him over this little one acre parcel that he covets that he then got that suddenly all these wealthy Scientologists bought secretly bought all these downtown parcels so many that the, that the church of Scientology essentially doubled its footprint uh, in a year and a half, something like that. And uh, it was Tracy McManus at the Tampa Bay times that really uncovered all that and showed how, uh, basically to spite the city for not giving him what he wanted, Miscavige had had all these Scientologists pick up all this land. Now, of course, Miscavige and the church are saying, hey, we don't control what our members you know, do if they want to <laughs> buy property. But, but you know, come on. I mean, yeah. you know, why would suddenly these wealthy Scientologists all of a sudden go on a on – and, and to the point where they were they were basically convincing people – to sell property that wasn't even for sale, you know, like by, by offering them an ungodly amount of money. So that's what, that's what that turned out to be was, um, yes, they were buying it. I, like I said, I had heard that there were the, the property was being bought, but it was Tracy McManus and did the hard work to figure that out. She did a brilliant, brilliant job on that. So, you know, sci, you know, Scientology has a, a, a more of a headlock on Clearwater than ever. And it's exciting to see Mark Bunker get elected on the city council but, you know, I'm cautioning people to keep in mind he's just one city council member. I think he's already 
making the city more aware of what they should be, the questions they should be asking. But uh, I think that city's, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's yeah, it's very bizarre. Just the, the whole presence that yeah. you, when you get down there into that that downtown zone. Oh, tell me about this this Danny Masterson, who honestly I'm not familiar with him. So I did some reading on him today. I guess he um, he is a, a former disc jockey, and then he's an actor, and in, in in not, I mean, he's not a big name actor, but he was on some show on Netflix called The Ranch, and then. He was kicked off the show for sexual assault allegations. And hasn't there been now he he publicly is a Scientologist, but then said he wasn't a Scientologist. What's what's the story on him and, and why is that making so much news lately? Well, he, he grew up in, in the church. He's always been a Scientologist and uh, he's most well known for playing the character Hyde in that 70s show, which was a very popular uh, uh, sitcom from. What was it? 2000. I want to say about 2002 to 2009, somewhere in there. And uh, he he was uh, so he he's pretty well known, uh, particularly among people of his age. Um, he has done some small things in other movies, and then yeah, he was he was on this Netflix series, The Ranch. Um, and he uh, three women, and then a fourth joined them, came forward in 2016 to the Los Angeles Police Department with allegations that he had violently raped them in separate incidences between 2001 and 2004. And the LAPD opened an investigation that I broke that news in March 2017. And um, there are now seven women who have come forward to the LAPD in this investigation, a criminal investigation of, of Danny Masterson, which the LAPD has acknowledged that they are doing an investigation. But the district attorney who has had this case since April 2017 has still not said a word about it. This is Jackie Lacey, who's now seeking her third term in a runoff election. And these women were so sick and tired of waiting for this DA to make up her mind about whether or not to charge Danny criminally that they went ahead and filed a lawsuit last summer Um and there's four women in the lawsuit, and then the husband of one of the women. Uh, they're they're not suing over the rape. They're suing over what they say is the harassment campaign that they have endured since they came forward to the LAPD. So they they went to the, they came forward to the LAPD. LAPD opened an investigation, and then they say since then they've been harassed, intimidated. Their computers have been hacked. Uh, two of them say their dogs were poisoned. One of the women says her house was set on fire. And so they filed a lawsuit last summer against the Church of Scientology, its leader, David Miscavige, and Danny Masterson. And they're saying that, you know, they, they wanted their day in court over the harassment. And so that's something else I've been covering is the, you know, when, when you sue Scientology, particularly with a big national legal team like they have, Scientology doesn't mess around, man. They they have very expensive attorneys that look for any opportunity to throw a wrench into the lawsuit, and they have really uh, it's been it's been a war in court, and and uh, they're they're trying various uh, strategies to get that case thrown out. Of course, now everything's put on hold because of the pandemic, and so um, there are some dates coming up. Uh, some important, very important dates, uh, but it probably won't get going again 
uh, in earnest until June or July. I would and what think. does uh, Scientology have to say about this? Do they is the reason they were included in the lawsuit was that it sounds like the inference is that they're supporting this this Danny Masterson. And um, at least the it sounds like the implication is that they, their harassment techniques that are well known w- might be at play right. here on his behalf. Is that the allegation? And yeah. have they publicly said that they support him or anything along those lines that would give uh, these ladies this this thought that that they were possibly doing these things? You know, the, the church is being very careful here because. Um, so, you know, Chrissy Bixler is one of the women and, uh, they had to put their dog down because it was poisoned, uh, earlier this year. They believe Scientology and or Danny Madison were behind it and they're going to have to prove that in court, but that's part of their lawsuit. Okay. So they, in the lawsuit, the Scientology is actually this uh, made up of many, many individual entities. And so in this law, in that lawsuit, they're suing the Church of Scientology International, um, the, uh, the Celebrity Center International, uh, and the Religious Technology Center. RTC is, is, is this tiny organization that's actually the nominally controlling entity of Scientology, and its chairman is David Miscavige. And that's why inside Scientology, the thing they most often call him is COB for chairman of the board. Hmm. Uh, that's what, you know, they don't call him DM. They don't call him David. They don't call him Miscavige. They call him COB because he's chairman of the board of the Religious Technology Center, RTC. So those are the, the defendants in the lawsuit are Miscavige, Masterson, C, uh, Church of Scientology International, CSI, and RTC, Religious Technology Center. So in So each of those defendants has their own set of attorneys. And I mean set. I mean, there's a lot of attorneys involved in this thing. So that when, uh, you know, CSI, for example, the Church of Scientology International, what, how they're reacting is they're, they're putting together contracts that these former Scientologists, the women that, that say they were victimized by mass, and they, uh, three of the four were former Scientologists. And so they're, they're digging out contracts and saying, look, you signed a contract saying you would never sue the church. And so we're going to force you into religious arbitration instead. And so that's a big battle in court. And when CSI's attorneys argue that in court, they're not arguing from for, for Masterson, right? I mean, each – I'm sure you've been through this in other court cases you followed, that each defendant has their own attorney only representing their interests. Right. So, so people ask me that – so people ask me that, why is Scientology sticking up for Masterson? And I said, they're not. They're, you know, each attorney is only fighting for his client. So there's, so Scientology's attorneys are not defending Masterson. Masterson's attorneys are defending Masterson. And so at this, I, so I, this is one of the most interesting things in the lawsuit. People always ask me this. Are, is the church going to stand by him? Or are they going to throw him under the bus? And so far, I'm not seeing evidence of either of those things. I'm seeing the church defend itself and I'm seeing Masterson defend himself. And this arbitration. This arbitration deal, though, is is important because if someone were to win a case to pierce that, that could open up a real floodgate because this has been this has been used in a lot of scenarios, has it not for them to prevent people from going into uh, civil court and filing lawsuits, this arbitration agreement? 
Yeah, and it's all they, you know, Scientology's been successful with it a couple of times now. Uh, you know, we first saw this in a, a lawsuit that was filed in 2013 by a California couple, uh, the Garcias. They were suing Scientology over fraud. They were saying basically that, you know, you lied to us to get us to donate money. And the court came into the, the, the Scientology came into court and said, hey, wait a minute, you signed these uh, contracts that, uh, you know, when anytime you do any service in Scientology, you get to sign it, all these, you know, draconian contracts. And of course, Scientologists, if, when you're in Scientology, you're so, you know, it's a snitching culture. It's an interrogation culture. You're, you're always trying to prove your loyalty to the church. So they put a document in front of you. You sign it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so now, now you're in court years after you left and saying, hey, you harmed me. I want my day in court. And they come in and say, hey, wait a minute. You signed this document saying you'd never sue us and that you would take any grievance to religious arbitration. And the judge in that case, a federal judge in Tampa, James Whittemore said, hey, I can't, you know, First Amendment, freedom of religion, I can't, I can't judge Scientology's internal justice procedures. If you sign a document saying that you were going to follow those procedures, I can't question them. And he stayed the lawsuit and forced them into religious arbitration. So now um, the first lawsuit by this big national legal team that was actually filed in June was by Leah Remini's assistant, Valerie Haney who was alleging kidnapping. She, she claimed she was held against her will for years uh, as a Sea Org worker on the base. And then when she escaped and, and told her story on Leah Remini's show, she was under harassment from the church, she claimed. And so that's what her lawsuit was about. Was about. They came into court and said, oh, wait a minute, Valerie signed all these contracts. She has to take this to religious arbitration, just like the Garcias did. See, now they've got this precedent. So they're always pointing to it. So it's either Garcia's did had to go to arbitration. So, so should Valerie Haney. And uh, the judge in Los Angeles agreed with them. Hmm. And, and Scientology won its motion. Valerie's lawsuit was stayed. And now she's forced to go into religious arbitration. Now she's filed a motion to reconsider. Uh, and that'll be heard, I think, in June, I think. Um, so, you know, now that was... So, so that was uh, filed by this national legal team. Now, their second lawsuit was this lawsuit against Danny Madison on behalf of his accusers. And now they're facing the process of a prospect of going into court and, 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 you know, a judge being asked to force their lawsuit, to derail their lawsuit and send them into religious arbitration. Wow. So, I mean, you know, in the larger context is the federal government passed this act about arbitration some years ago. And I think, you know, judges in general feel like, look, if, you know, civil lawsuits are about money. And if the more we can sort of send some of these lawsuits over to arbitrators, because you're just trying to work out a number, right? Uh, th that helps the court system, you know, to save, you know, save time and money. The problem, though, is under normal arbitration, You've got an, you know, the arbitrator is usually what a retired judge, right? Or so they got yeah, they're like judge. it's like an independent is, panel. It's it's, but it's almost like Scientology has their own judges. You have to go before. Is that how it works? Well, that's and that's the point, right? Is that it's not a retired judge under Scientology's religious arbitration. They have a three-person panel, and all three have to be members in good standing of the Church of Scientology. <laughs> And, and so these former members who have been declared suppressive persons, they're like, how can we possibly get, you know, an independent arbitration 
it's a joke. I mean, it's a complete and utter joke, and it's just a really – it's just surprising that, that American judges, a federal judge in Florida and a superior court judge in Los Angeles have gone along with this. And so now these women who are, who are saying, look, you know, first of all, we were raped and then harassed. This is not the, this is not the stuff of arbitration. And then on top of that, they're arguing, hey, we're no longer part of that religion. Why would you make us, force us to go through a religious ritual from this religion we're no longer a part of. And I think that's another very good argument. So we'll see. That's, that's Yeah, I mean, it almost makes you wonder about, about these judges that would not. I mean, I think a fair ruling might be, okay, you all agreed to arbitration, so I'm going to refer this to the American Associ- you know, Association of Arbitrators and like a like a, like a a normal arbitration panel and, and kind of settle it that way. That at would least, be, yeah, at least. Exactly. That would be the Solomon-esque I mean, way to do it, to say, okay, we'll give you both something. Uh, Scientology, we're going to keep it in arbitration, and, and, and you're going to you know, have to, but we're going to make it a neutral arbitrator, not a, a church arbitration. Uh, you, you just wonder, and, though. And I, can t- and I can tell you, yeah. You just wonder, though, how well, much pressure they put on these judges. That, but you're right. Yeah, these judges, you wonder, you know, if these judges are, uh, being threatened or anything as well, because you just, I mean, the, this is a super important principle. They could keep these religious arbitrations to, to be there sort of as their first line of defense um, before they even have to defend the actual facts of, of any given claim. Uh, man, that's a, that's a great position to be in if they can, if they can keep that. Now, just in closing, I want to make sure people know your website, which is TonyOrtega.org. There are two books, Battlefield Scientology and The Unbreakable Miss Lovely. And tell us, uh, in closing, is there anything big to look for here coming up? I know you said we've got, uh, what is it, uh, uh, the uh, the birthday uh, of Harbert is coming up. What's the uh, big event that's coming up here soon? Well, no, the, the birthday was March 13th, and like I said, they canceled. I would just say that that um, the, the only other thing I want to say about coronavirus that would wrap this up nicely is, so the why are they putting out these videos that are so ridiculous? Why are they making such an effort? I think this crisis, this health crisis, is really, really a challenge for Scientology because Scientology relies on control mechanisms. The reason why people stay in Scientology year after year and give so much money is that Scientology bombards them with controlling ideas uh, about interrogations, about snitching on each other, security checking. I mean, you know, your own kids are encouraged to turn you in. And so you, they want you always on course. They want you completely involved. Leah Remini said that even when she was shooting King of Queens, she went to the org six nights a week, right? This, this is the kind of control they have on people. And all of a sudden, it's gone, right? Everyone's at home. They're no longer in the orgs being, you know, bombarded with all these, you know, uh, interrogations. I think Scientology is very worried. So they're worried some of these people gonna are going to have too long of a leash and they might not come back. They might have a couple of months to they're clear gonna, their mind and say, what was I thinking? I'm not going back to to that. Exactly. And they've got, you know, what what are we seeing online? People are extremely bored. And so they're looking around online all day, and mm. that is that spells disaster for Scientology. Yeah, those those control mechanisms wear off. People start thinking 
thoughts they're not supposed to think. They start looking around on the Internet. And I think that's why we're seeing some fairly extreme behavior by the church, even just, a, you know, a month into this thing. So, I mean, they would never have put these things online, those videos online before. So I, I'm, I think that's the thing to watch is to see what sort of attrition we have having with Scientology, how much more desperate Miscavige does, and what other sort of techniques he pulls out in the next few weeks to get people to think the thoughts he wants them to think. So that's something to look for that we'll be trying to find evidence of. And uh, folks, if you want to follow this, there are uh, several new articles every week posted over at TonyOrtega.org. Anything else you want to mention, Tony, before we let you go? I mentioned your two books, TonyOrtega.org. Any, anything else you want to promote? Well, I appreciate that. No, I really enjoy, I always enjoy talking to you. You always have the greatest questions and, uh, uh, let's see what happens to science. All right. Well, we'll have you, we'll have you back in a few months. If you'll be with us, we'd love to have you back and, uh, love having you Absolutely. on. Thank you so much, sir. Be Thank well, so be safe. All right. Uh, wow. What a great guest. I always love having this guy on. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, he, that's like a, a pseudonym he goes by Tony Ortega because he has to not give out his real name because of what could happen to him for all of the articles he writes. I would not want to live like that, but he's uh, more bold than I am. Uh, in any case, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, you know, just the timing of this coronavirus and Scientology and who thought there was some kind of a, you know, a big news story there. And there sure was. It was it was really, truly fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we're here every Sunday night. We're live with you. And then, of course, the program goes out on podcast and is rebroadcast uh, on the replay many times during the week over at TalkStreamLive.com. But remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.